Um, I'll tell you guys a story of the first time I came here. See, I was born and raised in a suburb of Miami, right? So that means I'm used to palm trees. I'm used to beaches. I'm used to fast-paced life. Uh, but when I came here, the houses are spread out by like a mile, right? I grew up on a block where kids my, my, my age would gather and play basketball and football and soccer and kickball almost every day in the middle of the, of the street. But we don't really have that around here because the houses are too far uh, uh, apart and the hills are up and down and windy. But that's not the part that threw me off. See, when I first came here, uh, I was brought to the, the lake. I guess that's like a ritual, like if you come here, you must go to the lake. It's almost like a swear, and I pledge allegiance to the lake that I will love, Georgia and everything inside of it. And we're taking the boat down, and we're trying to back the boat in, and I noticed something strange to the right of the boat ramp. I noticed a pontoon, a pontoon truck. Okay, you heard a pontoon truck. This is what I saw uh, the first time I came here, and there was a family playing in the lake right by it. And I remember thinking, like, where the heck am I where they can event a pontoon truck? And you see the ramp is closed, but they don't care because it's lake day. They got that thing in there somehow, and somehow it runs. I guess the engine was hooked up to the pedals or something, and the family sits in the bed of the truck. I don't know what it was, but I remember thinking, like, man, Georgia is filled with inventors. Like, they are creative, and they know how to have a good time. And thankfully, that experience did not scare me off. Thank, thankfully, I did not see that and go, man, I got to get back to the beaches where, where people just tan and it's normal and there's a good time. But here I am, uh, and I've been here for four months now as the uh, intern at the North Forsyth Camp Campus, uh, and I've loved it. These four months have been extremely great, and you guys have a great church. Do you guys know that? Okay, hopefully. Ho 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 hopefully you guys would agree. And my favorite thing about Mountain Lake Church is how excited we get to experience and share our life change stories. It's kind of what gets us up in the morning, what, it what grinds our gears and fuels us with this fire to serve you guys is to hear how Jesus Christ has changed your life. And the way we kind of record that is a phrase that we say, I was blank, and that blank is a personal blank. Whatever that blank is, is a blank to you. It's your blank. You can fill it in however you want. Then God, the moment that God entered your life, there's a radical change in your heart, in your mind, the way you thought, you lived, you behaved, and then I was blank. And again, that blank is a personal blank. And now I get to share with you guys my life change stories. I've read cards and I've seen a lot of cool stuff in your guys' lives, but this is a chance uh, I get to share a, my story with you guys and what God has done and the heart I have uh, to serve you guys. And we're going to take a look at a person in the Bible that I relate to a lot. And we're going to learn not only from his life change story, but also what I have learned 
from this guy. And we're going to talk about Mo, 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 Moses. See, Moses um, was born in the house of Pharaoh. Royalty, the top dog. He had everything he could ever dream of. He had everything he could ever ask or want. But he was born with an obstacle in his life. There's a circumstance that kind of uh, dictated who he, who he was. And that's a part I relate to a lot with. See, Moses was born with a stutter. And because of that, he was probably never in the front lines. He probably never gave a public speech or an address, even though he was in charge of much of the land. See, the Pharaoh was considered a god in the Egyptian culture, and having a child, even though it wasn't his own, having a child that represented him with this hindrance, with this uh, fault in his life, would take away from the power of Pharaoh. It would take away from the status that the royal household had. So Pharaoh most likely kept him in the house, in the shadows, back around every, everyone. And Moses probably spoke uh, to those he was close with. Well, one time Mo, 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 Moses found out that his father, the Pharaoh, enslaved his people, the, the Hebrews. And this filled Moses with rage and anger, and he ran off as a fugitive. And right be, before that, he actually killed a, a, a man, and then he ran off. And as he's wandering in the desert, sweating hot, just wandering around, trying to find out what he's going to, going to do in his, in his life, trying to find a new home, God appears to him. And God calls him to something great. And we see Moses pulls out every excuse in the book. And this is where we pick up in the story right here is where Mo, 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 Moses is pulling every excuse he can think of. We're going to turn to the book of Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 10. If you guys have your phones or your Bibles, I'll give you a minute uh, to turn to there. But Exodus chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 10, and it reads this. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12, now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. See, Mo, 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 Moses at, at first blamed God. When God called him to go out to Egypt to set his nation free, he, he started to put the blame on God. But God, they will never believe you sent me. How will the people know you sent me? And God told him, take this staff. This will be a sign, and you will do wondrous, miraculous things with this staff, and surely the people will know that I, the Lord, have sent you. But, Lord, they still don't know your name. I don't even know your name. This is the first time Moses ever experienced God. He was raised with the belief in 
Anubis and those Egyptian gods, and he's never seen them work. But this is the first time he's encountered the one true God. So everything he was raised with in the past was just crumbled, put to death. And, Lord, I don't even know your name. This is the first time we've ever talked or communicated. I've ever heard of you, your voice. Who will I say sent me? And God tells him, tell him, I am has sent you. But then, then we get to the root of the problem. Then we get to what the real issue is. Moses, he opens up and he says, but Lord, I can't speak. They might believe in the miracles. They might believe in your name, but that doesn't change the fact that I can't speak well. God, send anyone else. And what we see is Moses was a shy, insecure, faithless man. And I can speak a lot of truth into, into that because I relate. Growing up with a stutter can be uh, a, a, a difficult thing. Uh, you can just imagine. Kids are mean. That's why I work with the youth. I work with teenagers uh, because ch- children can be kind of mean at times. And growing up, um, it's normal to get picked on and made fun, fun, fun of. And this was just an easy thing that kids uh, could pick on and make fun of of me of me for and it's not because of my my parents or anything that they did I'm thankful for the way they handled this circumstance in my life see they always gave me a chance to speak up they always wanted me to introduce myself and order food uh, whenever we went out to a restaurant no matter how embarrassed I was no matter how shy or insecure I was they did a good job Uh, at pretending like it didn't even exist. But who I was was a shy, insecure person. I did not like to speak. I did not like to make new new friends or anything. Whenever I had a uh, class presentation, I dreaded that day. I try to have the least important role in class. I work the, uh, the... slideshow. I will make the poster board. Just please don't make me speak. But the teachers uh, would always be like, no, man, everyone has to speak as part of the grade. But I couldn't stand it. I hated it. Anytime I had to be called on for an answer, to be picked to read in a book, uh, I tried to say as little words as I possibly could. That's just because the circumstance in my life made me shy, made me quiet and insecure. I was very self-conscious of this one thing in my life. But then God, but then God, God entered my life uh, one specific night. Uh, I wasn't raised in the the uh, the the church. I actually started to go to church when I was 16 years year, years old, and about a year after that, I joined a leadership team. I wanted to be more involved. I wanted to to uh, see what role can I play, what creative aspects can I bring to the table. And we're going through a Bible study as we did every week. And the, the youth pastor, who's actually now one of my closest friends that I'm thankful uh, for everything he has done and invested in my life, he leaves out a challenge. And he says, by the way, anyone 
who want to like preach, be my guest. You, you, you guys can go ahead, take the front stage, here's a microphone, and I want you guys to preach to your peers. So I remember that day, I remember like I was looking down, twiddling my, my thumbs, I'm like, huh, that's kind of cool, like he's going to let a student preach. I wonder who's going to do that. I wonder who's going to step up and take up the, the, the challenge, and then I realized it's been quiet for a little bit. No, no, no one's saying anything. So I begin to look up, and still not, not, nothing has clicked in my head. I'm looking around like, huh, I, I wonder who it's going to be. And then I notice all eyes are on me. And I give him, like, one, one of, like, these faces, like, <laughs> like, why y'all looking at me? Why are all of your guys' eyes looking at me? And I remember just, like, squinting my eyes. I'm looking around trying trying to see what's going on, and then finally I catch on, and I yell out, no, absolutely not, guys. This will not be me. Like, any one of you in this room can speak far better and clearer than I possibly can. Why are you guys looking at me? And they didn't say anything. They just kind of shrugged at me, and I I could read everything. I could hear everything they were saying because actions speak louder than words. It's a cliche, but it's kind of true, and I gauged everything they were saying off of that stare, that glare they gave me. So finally, out of frustration, annoyance, and desperately wanting them to take their eyes off of me, I say, fine, I will do it. I will teach in the youth group on a Wednesday night. So a week, it passes by, and then the pastor, he comes and goes, Matt, are you excited? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Excited for what? And he's like, you're going to preach, right? Like, you said you would do that. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot I committed to that. I just wanted them to stop staring at me. I, I, I was hoping they would forget about the entire thing and move on. But no, he was excited about it. I was like, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Well, sure enough, I followed through, uh, and he prepared me. He prepped, and the first time I, I actually preached, I experienced God for the first time. See, I was a Christian now for about a year and a half, um, but that's the first time like, I truly experienced God because I started to, to see a change in who I was and who God was making me to be. I remember I was staring out and I'm preaching, and the first time I preached, it was like 10 minutes long, I believe, which felt like the longest preaching of my time. Like 10 minutes of speaking is a lot of words, uh, but I remember I was looking out and preaching, and as, I, and as I'm preaching, I saw a future. I saw a calling. I saw a path, and I saw God use me in a way that I never dreamt would be possible for someone with a stutter. I never thought God could use a speech impediment as a platform to reach the lives of teens. And I began to get more involved, more invested in the youth group there. When I graduated, I actually became a full-time volunteer there for nine months. Nine months, I didn't get paid. I didn't have a job. That's all I did. I was at the church Monday through Monday. Yes, that's seven days plus one, okay? I was there a lot. Uh, I remember I pulled like 20-hour days on certain days where we had a project or something. I got five, uh, four 
hours of, uh, of uh, sleep. I woke up and did the same thing. It was a busy week. But I just started to really love it. And I started to see how God was using me to impact the lives of the students in that youth in that, in that youth group. And sure enough, God formed this calling in my heart to continue to pour in and invest in the lives of teenagers. But it all started where I took that call. It all start, started when that first time I experienced God. And we kind of see the same thing in the life of Moses. If you know him, you know he went on to actually go to Egypt. He stood up to a nation. He led a nation out of slavery and captivity. And all that started when he experienced God. And he, and he went from a person who was faithless, who was quiet, who was insecure, to a leader, to being a person who exuded confidence. He spoke up. He was a voice. And that's the same thing that happened to me, too. I became a person uh, who grew a faith in God, who understood. I became a person who became, uh, who, who had a voice. And I became confident so somewhat, but it wasn't really confident in me. I wish I could tell you guys I was confident in myself. I wish I could tell you, you guys, I was confident in who I actually was. But the truth is, I was confident in God. I was confident in what God has called me to, despite the circumstance in my life, despite the trouble it has caused me in the past, I was confident in what God was doing in my life. But all that started of when I met God and when I experienced God. And I, and I, and I, and I transformed from a shy, insecure human being to someone who was confident and faithful. And that is who I am now before you guys working, studying, training uh, to pour into the generation below me. I am actually a senior at the Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago, and I'm getting a degree, a bachelor's in youth ministry spe specifically. See, I never have the desire to be a head pa pastor of an adult congregation. I'm sorry, guys. It's not that I don't like adults. It's just I feel like the youth is sometimes neglected, and pastors can sometimes use youth as a stepping stone to gain experience. And God has called me uh, to be a pastor of the youth for long term, for like my entire life, uh, until I can milk it out. Um, yeah, because I mean, eventually I'll get old and, you know, uncool, but I have a plan after that, too. It is really, really cool. Uh, but something I have experienced in my life is there's a circumstance that we all have. Maybe it's not a stutter, because a lot of you guys might be saying, well, man, I don't have a stutter, so how does this apply to me? Well, there's a circumstance in our life that acts as a stutter. There's a circumstance in our life that we have no control over whatsoever, and we cause it to be a hindrance in our life. And it causes us to lose faith. See, Moses' biggest obstacle was not his speech. It was his faith. A lot of pe 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 people will see the life of Moses and say, man, once he overcame that speech, 
impediment. He was a leader. He led a nation. Once he overcame this one thing in his life, he did great thing. But the truth be told, once he overcame his faith, all of that began to happen. But sometimes there's this circumstance in our life, like me and Moses both experience, where we ask a question, God, why me? God, why am I the one with a stutter? God, why did you call me a babbling fool to go preach on a stage and embarrass myself? God, why am I the one who got let go from my job? There are so many people to choose from, and I was good at my job. God, why me? God, why did you allow me to to have my car break down on the busiest day of my life? God, why me? If you've ever been there like I have, I think there's a question we should ask. I think instead of asking, God, why me? We should start to ask, God, how can I? How can we change the way we think from God, why me, to God, how can I? God, how can I use this circumstance in my life to bring you the glory? God, how can I use the disability of my son to bring you the glory? God, how can I use the death of my parent to bring you all the glory? See, there's a ministry that we're all a part of. And this isn't a challenge. Everyone become a pastor. Everyone quit your jobs and join a ministry. No, there's a ministry that we all have. Whether you're a doctor, a mailman, no matter what it is, there's a ministry you are a part of where you minister to people every single day. You have a story that can bring God the glory despite the circumstance in your life. See, we can't control most circumstances in our life but we can control the way we respond. And when people see the way you respond to a circumstance that most would freak out about, and you respond in faith, that's just a platform for you to bring God all the glory. And the question for us today is, what is the stutter in your life? What's that thing that holds you back? What's that circumstance you have no control over where you once asked, God, why me? And how can you change that thought to God, how can I? And I wish I could tell you guys that I have it all figured out now. See, there's been times I've wrestled with God back and forth. God, why? I'm, I'm here, I'm on the front stage. How much more effective could I be if I didn't have the speech impediment? How many more people could I reach? How much more confident could I be to preach your word if I didn't have this speech impediment? And I've gone back and forth to praying God, take it away, and thanking God for it. Because the truth is, now that I'm here, there's not a single thing I would change. There's not one thing I would change about me, my speech impediment, the past it has brought brought me through because one it has made me more dependent upon God verse 12 has actually become my life verse I'll read it one more time for you guys now go it's a strong charge go Moses go to the line go Matthew go whatever your name is go 
I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. And it is a strong charge, not about a speech impediment, but about our dependency and faith in God and trusting that he knows what he is doing in the circumstances in our life. I don't know who I would be without this hindrance in my life. It's like, quote, because it's really not. Like, God has used me to speak truth into the lives of teens. And if you guys don't know, teens are insecure about a lot of things. They're insecure about their car, their clothes, the way they look, their friends, the house that they have. Like, anything they could think about being insecure about, they will find it. And as a person who seems like, oh, I have life all together. I look like I'm perfect. No, no, no. No one is perfect. But sometimes we put on that, that act. But as someone who can actually sit down and say, look, there's an insecurity in my life. And I really do know how you feel. A lot of people will say that. I know how you feel when they've never experienced an insecurity before in their life. I can tell them, like, look, I actually do know what you are going through. I know what you are feeling with this. Here's how I can help. Here's the perspective that I have. Here's how I can use this to bring God all the glory. How can we change the way we think? How can we change the way we, we view a circumstance in our life from God? Why me? Because sometimes we make life all about us. We are people who at times, if we're not careful, we can be a selfish, self-thought type of per, per, per person, and we make life all about us. But the truth is, life is about bringing God all the glory. Everything in our life that we go through, the circumstances, the way the dominoes fall can be used to bring God the glory. God, how can I bring you all the glory? Will you guys go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes? as I pray over you guys this morning. If there's something that holds you guys back, whether it's a quote-unquote a stutter or something that you want me to pray for, just go ahead and raise your hand just so I know that there's an obstacle, that there's a hindrance, that there's, that there's something, a circumstance in your life that you have questioned God, why me? And maybe you want to start to view it in a different way. Maybe you want to... Uh, to, to start to use that as a platform to bring God the glory. Whatever that is, go ahead and raise your hand. So I know I can pray over you guys and I can pray for you and with you. Thank you guys so much. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your glorious name. Lord, we thank you for your word and the truth that it holds. Father, we admit that there's times in our lives where a circumstance can kind of make us question, God, why me? But my prayer this morning for us all is that we can start to ask, God, how can I? God, how can we use the circumstances in our life to be a platform to bring you all the glory? God, how can we be a people of faith, an example to those around us and not let anything hold us back. Lord, I pray for the ministries we are all involved in in our daily jobs. 
that people will see the faith we demonstrate and the trust we have in you, that we trust you know what you're doing in the circumstances in our lives. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we worship you for your holy name. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray these things. Amen.